There are conditions and rules and restrictions in life that you can't possibly know about without living them. And no matter how sensitive you think you are to someone else's conditions or someone else's needs, until you actually live it yourself, you can't know it. And that was Matthew Epps, first a guard and later an inmate. Oh, snap. This is Jen. This is Becky. And this is Too Close to Home, and we're going to talk about the ghost of Eastern State Penitentiary. I did it right this time, Jimmy. Don't get mad. <laughs> I've been calling it East East State, uh, like it's a college or something. <laughs> Penn State. <laughs> Penn State, like all these different things. So, I uh, love a twist when you start out as a guard and end up as an inmate. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's got to be a good story behind that. I was like, they had to make this a typo. Hold on. Oh, juicy. <laughs> <laughs> So my sources, I'll start out with that, was Wikipedia, as always, NPR, our boys at Ghost Adventures, um, the Twilight Tours at Eastern State Penitentiary, Smithsonian Magazine, PhiladelphiaEncyclopedia.org, SavingPlaces.org, EasternState.org, as well as their audio tour transcript. And don't forget the most important source. Yourself. Myself. That's right, Becky. You you got it. You got it. Yes. So I did go. This has been a dream of mine. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I was a little girl, I did dream of going to an abandoned prison. Same. <laughs> <laughs> but we had went by there and they had like this um little playground right outside the walls. Adorable. And it's like baby pen or something like that. Like it's some hokey thing. And we were just hanging out before we were leaving Philadelphia and we we're like, we have to come back and do it. So when we went, you know, on our Pennsylvania tour this last April, May, we decided to see if we can get a tour. And what do you know? In the summertime, they do twilight tours where you can go to the prison at dusk and experience it in all its spookiness. Fuck yes. They also have a Halloween thing. So this is not the same. This one's more educational and it's, to me, intrinsically more creepy than going because you're going with the expectation at a ghost at a um, Halloween tour. Be like, oh, I'm gonna get spooked and some guy's <laughs> gonna come out with a chainsaw. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if a motherfucker came out in a chainsaw on this tour, we have some other problems to discuss. <laughs> True. <laughs> First off, we're in downtown Pennsylvania. I'm in Philadelphia. Why do we have chainsaws? Do you? Because you're Does in your downtown. Does your see a tree anywhere? I do not. Because you're in downtown Philadelphia. There you go. There's <laughs> <Yeah>. your answer. <laughs> That's why. And so we definitely got tickets and, and went. So they don't want you to record for like ghost hunting purposes, but we're bad. <laughs> and we snuck our little recorder in. <laughs> So we all remember the Gettysburg episode. Well, hold on to your butts because we got some Eastern State Penitentiary. Whoop, whoop. All right. So a lot of this episode is going to be more about the history than the ghost, uh, which is what I've discovered in my research. But to get to the ghost, you have to understand how they were made. So let's talk about the ingredients for this ghost soup. Do it. You remember the what year was the Declaration of Independence. 1774? Yes. Or is that the Constitution? Same thing? Constitution is 1776, I think. Right? I don't know. I don't know, man. Put in a fun fact. Jamie, fun fact this part, okay? He just went. <laughs> Jimmy's Freedom Fun Facts. 
And like these two communists sitting next to me who didn't pay attention in history class, I got the gates covered. The Declaration of Independence was ratified by the Continental Congress on July 4th, 1776, and the ratification process for the Constitution began on June 21st, 1788. Fucking commies. Right around the birth of this country, Philadelphia was in the spotlight as, a, in, as Independence Hall birthed the Constitution. There was a problem, however, with appalling conditions of Walnut Street Jail. I did not realize this at the time because we also visited Independence Hall. Behind Independence Hall is Walnut Street, and that's where that jail was. Men and women, adults and children, thieves and murderers were jailed together in disease-ridden dirty pens where rape and robbery were common occurrences. So it's like like every uh, thing that you would think a terrible prison would be. People like chained up to the walls and fucking thirsty. Can I have some meat? More pretzel? That kind of stuff. <laughs> Jailers made little effort to protect the prisoners from each other. Instead, they sold prisoners alcohol up to nearly 20 gallons of it a day per prisoner. 20 gallons. How? They just purchased it like it was on the commissary? Yeah. And so food, heat, and clothing also came at a price. And it wasn't unusual for prisoners to die from cold or starvation. This issue sparked the creation of the Philadelphia Society for alleviating the miseries of public prisons. It's really cute. Very small, right? Most of the prominent members of this were also a part of a religious society of friends, a.k.a. the Quakers. Oh. And we're not just talking about Quaker Oats. <laughs> uh, I did not really know anything about the Quakers other than the Oats. So <laughs> I had to kind of go <laughs> goggle that a little bit. They are people who belong to a historically Protestant Christian set of denominations known formally as the Religious Society of Friends. Sounds like an excellent cult name. I'm not going to lie. I never knew that they went by the Religious Society of Friends. Right? It's like an incognito. It's like Fight Club, but we ain't talking about Fight Club. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the Religious Society of Friends is not a good thing. No. I'm going to be your friend. Wink, wink. Yeah. Philadelphia was actually started by William Penn, who was a Quaker, and there are quite a few lasting impressions still visible today of the Quaker times. Past Quakers were known to use thee as an ordinary pronoun, refused to participate in war, wear plain dress, refused to swear oaths, oppose slavery, and practice teetotalism. You know what that is? Mm -mm. It's where you don't drink at all. Uh, That's that sober living. I'm and just... it's not because you're an alcoholic. You just, you know what? Alcohol ain't for me. I don't. I don't understand. You I'm, do you, but I don't understand. I'm lost on the part where they don't, where they totally use the word thee. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't thee, know. Thee, thou, yeah, like. Okay, whatever. You just trying to class it up. I see what you're doing, son. And they were using it as a pronoun, so were they like, before we had special pronouns? Before he, she, they, it was okay. thee. Okay. Thee, she, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world, you know? <laughs> I was just wondering if they did it like how people don't want spe specified pronouns now. Or is that what they were doing then? I guess. Members of these movements are generally united by the belief in human each humanity's ability to experience the light within or see that of God in everyone. So, I mean, there was, at the end of the day, they realized that 
you can't, there's no real, how do I describe that? There are evil people in this world, but at one time they were somebody's baby. You know, at some point they were innocent. You guys can't hear it, but my eyes are rolling so, so hard. So hard. And they believe that God was still in all of us, even if they were being jackasses. So Okay, so these are the founders to help with the movement of you can be the toy box killer, Ed Gein, but God still loves you and there's still a place in heaven. That's it. That's where it. I feel more Nail like the, head. the Amish where, nah, you got to earn that motherfucking spot because there are limited you could, seats on that bus. And you know what? You could try as, as you might and you still might not go, bitch. Yes. I feel more towards the Amish than the other way, but who am I? I'm just a girl doing a podcast with my best friend. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So Dr. Benjamin Rush was a prominent Philadelphia physician with an interest in politics. In 1776, he served in the Second Continental Congress and signed the Declaration of Independence. He was at the forefront of mental health studies and earned the name the father of American psychiatry for his groundbreaking observations about diseases of the mind. He had started really pushing for radical change to Benjamin Franklin and his contemporaries. He was convinced that crime was a moral disease and suggested a house of repentance where parishioners, where parishioners, well, parishioners, prisoners, I mean, I guess he viewed that the same, could meditate (laughs) on their crimes, experience spiritual remorse, and undergo rehabilitation. This method would later be called the Pennsylvania system and the institution a penitentiary. Shut up. Mm-hmm. That's where it came from. So you're playing your penance. Loving it. Fun fact alert. <laughs> Most institutions. Not only do you get to hear cr- stories of crime and ghosts, but we also are here to teach you. Yeah. We're just educators at heart. <laughs> True. <laughs> Most insti- institutions were built on the Auburn system, which held that prisoners should be forced to work together in silence and could be subjected to physical punishment. Which this one is like, no, you gotta be, you can't talk to nobody. You by yourself. The Auburn I one? I would fucking, well, the Auburn one is the one where they would be together, but they'd have to be quiet. Okay. So like Sing Sing and stuff, that's on the Auburn system. The Philadelphia Society for Alleviating the Miseries of Public Prisons, also known as the Pennsylvania Prison Society, so glad somebody narrowed that down, <laughs> agreed and set out to convince the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Despite the changes made to the Walnut Street Jail, it was still quite overcrowded and not developed enough for the burgeoning population of Philly. After a deadly riot at Walnut Street in 1820, prison society members escalated calls for a larger state institution purpose-built for the separation of all prisoners. So, now that we got why it came about, let's see how it's been ma- how it was created. Designed by John Haviland, and opened October 25th, 1829. So, like, this bitch is old. (laughs) Eastern State is considered to be the world's first true penitentiary. It was said that it cost $780,000, which is today's equivalent of $18 million, to construct and making it the most expensive prison ever constructed at the time. It was also the largest building in America at that time. Just that April before... Legislation specifying separate or solitary confinement of labor was passed. Many leaders believe that the crime is a result of the environment and the solitude make the criminal regretful and penitent. Hence the word penitentiary. I love that. I do too. Plans are finalized to prohibit all contact between prisoners in Eastern, at Eastern State Penitentiary. 
a steady stream of government officials traveled to Philadelphia to study this building, and roughly 300 prisons on five continents were modeled after Eastern State Penitentiary. Hmm. So it was like, oh, gee. You are just full of fun facts today. I know. I, like, it was really hard not to keep going down rabbit holes. Oh, I bet. Because I was like, let me buy these walls Nut Street Wyatt's, okay? <laughs> Like, I need to know. Wait, we don't need to know. That's wait. Why do I? My, <laughs> calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> I know you're excited. So Haviland designed Eastern State like a wheel with seven blocks radiating from the center core, all surrounded by a wall. This wall was 30 feet tall. And kind of doesn't sound like a big, like it's not huge. But when you're standing at the foot of that wall looking up, it's insurmountable like you can't like it's impenetrable look coming from a girl who's four feet 11 30 foot wall sounds absolutely impossible to you're like right at five feet so how many beckys would it take <laughs> five ten fifteen twenty six five thirty six beckys six beckys it's six beckys tall just to put it in perspective just yeah they took isolation of prisoners to heart. Whenever not in their cell, which was a rarity, they kept hoods over their heads of the prisoners. One, so if they escaped, they wouldn't know where the fuck they were going. Because <laughs> everything kind of looked the same. And so the, it was already disheartening from the get-go. Second, so they could have a degree in an anonymity. Look at me, I said that word almost right. Nemo. But that way, when they left jail... If someone saw them on the street, they wouldn't know. Like, oh, we were holed up together at Eastern State. Wait, they had bags on their head all the time or just when they were around other folks? Just when they were around other oh, folks. Okay, okay, like, okay. if uh, a guard came or anything like that, bag on the head. So, butter faces. <laughs> I was already leading that way and formulating what I was going to say. <laughs> we call it fame. <laughs> Got it right before me. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, inmates were housed in cells that were 8 by 12 feet in size, and they could only be accessed by entering through a small exercise yard attached to the back of the prison. Only a small, tiny portal large enough to pass meals was, was open at the front of the cell block. So you'd have a cell, and then there would be a little tiny... Like, you know how when you go to the zoo and, like, there's a little hole for the animals to come out of? And it's usually like a tiny bit smaller than the animal itself. Like that. And then you go out in this exercise wall and it's got fucking tall walls and it's just, like, cement. That's it. That's all the... That's all you can see. And this was all constructed and made this way for their protection? So they could repent. Oh, okay, solitary okay. confinement. Sounds very psychologically damaging, but who am I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just a wee bit. And at the time, like, nowadays, like, it's in the city. So it's surrounded by houses and shit, which for sure have to be haunted, okay? For sure. Um, Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> but when they first built it, it was nothing around it. You know, it was like a good plot of land. You weren't hearing trucks or anything driving by there wasn't trucks you didn't hear horses and buggies <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow you didn't hear trucks driving by because <laughs> they weren't ready yet <laughs> eventually they did create cell doors in the front of the cell but they were also very small which required most prisoners to duck their head to leave the cell which made it also very hard to attack a guard 
So like they go to open the door and you go to attack the guard, the cells like it would be it's even small for you, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> Doubt it, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of religious connotations having to do with the how these were created, these cells. They were made of concrete with a single glass skylight representing the eye of God, suggesting that prisoners to the prisoners that God was always watching them. And the halls were designed to have the feel of a church, which after walking down the hallways, it does have that weird feeling. The The ceilings are arched and up. Oh, okay. Because like there's, um, I think the first three cell blocks, and we'll talk more about it later, were just one story. They ended up adding a second story on the remaining ones. But in these ones, these original ones where everybody was in solitary confinement, it's just real tall, oval up. You can hear the voice echoing just like you were would in a church and that just that long straight hallway. The outside the cell was an individual area for exercise enclosed by high walls so prisoners could not communicate. Exercise time for prisoners was synchronized so no two prisoners next to each other would be out of the yard at the same time. So they were thinking this through. They were, however, allowed to guard it and even keep pets in their exercise yards, which is weird, but okay. Hmm. Speaking of pets... There was even a dog who was an inmate at one time. In 1924, <laughs> Pennsylvania Governor Gifford Pinchaw? Pinyo? Pinchaw. I don't know. Allegedly, and I don't like him anyways. I was going to say, jail. I'm not impressed with him, so I really don't care. He allegedly sentenced Pep, the cat murdering dog, to a life sentence at Eastern State. Pep allegedly assigned an inmate, was allegedly assigned an inmate number C2559, and that is also seen in his book, Shot. First of all, <laughs> y'all ain't got no motherfucking money because this is back in the day and yeah. you're going to waste it on this. I don't even have time for this. They're starving churns on the street. <laughs> they said it was as a morale booster. Oh, so we put, we just imprisoning every creature on God's earth. Okay, okay so that's really morale boosting. Go pick up some strays. Let them be the jailhouse dogs. We don't have to arrest them and put God. them on a mugshot. For real. I bet you didn't even murder a cat. He was probably framed. Bet. Bet. No cap. <laughs> Cell accommodations were actually really advanced for their time. They had Tell a, me about this advancement. <laughs> they had a faucet with running water okay. that ran over a flush toilet, as well as curved pipes along one wall, which served as a central heating kind of device, like um, those radiators mm -hmm. and houses, but it was just on a wall. And that way, the during the winter, nuts, which, winter months, which is Pennsylvania, so it's fucking frigid. I mean, as a natural-born Floridian... <laughs> For rigid. <laughs> <laughs> that way, uh, water would keep the room reasonably heated. The toilets were flushed twice a week by a guards in the cell block, and they come in and do like that manual where you have a bucket of water, pour it in, and it flushes it down. So your poo poos just had to stay in there till flush day. <laughs> just letting it float. I would definitely be doing some training for my bowels to only shit the <laughs> night before flush day. Right. <laughs> I hear flush days tomorrow. Oh no, they put it off a whole nother day. Oh, I just smell my dookie. <laughs> my god watches me through the light <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was a voyeur <laughs> so in 1829 this was huge right even the White House had no running water and the then president at the time Andrew Jackson even used a chamber pot so like this was state of the art oh I'd be like oh hell nah <laughs> I'm the motherfucking president Yeah, y'all better get yeah, some pipes up in here shitting in there and and I mean, I'm well, sure. Well, it's not like he cleaned his own chamber pot, so. No. God, that would probably end up being uh, my job if I lived back then. The smell 
the smell alone and just pee rolling around. Anyways, let's keep going. I can't handle that. Even the wealthiest Americans heated their homes with wood or coal fireplaces. So this was huge. The rolly eastern state was not only isolation, but silence. 20 inches of masonry separated each cell. And after and the guards walking these corridors wore wool socks over their shoes to muffle their footsteps. So you wouldn't hear anybody. You'd be all alone. And they thought this was good. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, God. <laughs> the original plan was the seven one-story wings. But by the time the three were three of them were completed, they were already overpopulated, leading to them adding those second stories. In 1831, work began on blocks four, five, six, and seven, all two story, all two stories to accommodate the increasing number of convicts. Block seven is completed in 1835. In 1832, however, was their first escape. An inmate who served as a warden's waiter lowered himself to the roof of the front of the building. Once he captured, this inmate would escape in the same manner in 1837. <laughs> <laughs> the system of physical isolation was expensive and cumbersome and increasingly controversial. No wonder. <laughs> Even at Eastern State, where it was created, the Pennsylvania system gradually broke down, and by the 1870s, half of all Eastern State's prisoners lived with a cellmate. We knew that was coming. Mm -hmm. Can't keep them by themselves for long. There's too many. I was like, too many crimes being committed. Right? I rolled up, Jimmy, and I just saw your note, and I was like, what the fuck? Who wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> they hacked my thing. <laughs> These fucking ghosts. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Toward the end, cells 14, cell blocks 14 and 15 were built hastily due to overcrowding, and they were built and designed by prisoners. Really? Yep. Really? Right? Really? And cell block 15 was for the worst behaved prisoners, and the guards were gated off from there entirely, so they were super, super alone. Cell block 15 is also death row, and it's super fucking creepy. And it was built by inmates. And it was built by inmates. It has a singular shower. And it's small and cramped. There are stalagmites right now forming because there's like just so much moisture. So they're like the little nubs, you That's know. That's so cool. And it's like a real low spooky. Yeah, huh? oh, yeah. And it's like so. One of the things about Eastern State now is that they in some of these old cells they have artists come in and have artistic um, installations. In this particular cell block, there are no bars left. Just about. So they put clear tubes where the bars were so you could walk in that cell and just kind of experience what it would be like behind those bars, which is fucking. No, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> I'll take pictures from over here. Go ahead, Jimmy. Right, right, Get on in there. Right, right. <laughs> and as you're walking closer to this cell block these days, there's a creepy song playing. It's made by David Lee Powell, who was a death row inmate with the longest time awaiting sentence to be carried out. 32 years. Oh. He was a mathematical genius and created a song on chance by flipping a diamond. A dime. A dime. <laughs> Powell invented a process to randomize the rhythms of the notes. He had no way to hear the music he composed. It only existed as a theory in his head until years later when his lawyer, working on one of Powell's appeals, was able to have a pianist play the piece for Powell over the phone. And here's the piece.
That was nice. Yeah. Well, it doesn't feel nice when you're in there and it's just echoing through the walls and you're standing there in death row. In death row, they had one set of bars and then there was a space where the inmates could walk back and forth and then another set of bars for their individual spots. They stayed in there all the time. They barely ever went out to the exercise yard. They shared one shower stall and it's super fucking dark and creepy in there and the noise just reverberates. And as it was dusk, it was already just like, there's water dripping on you. I'm like, mm, I'm not about this, dog. I feel like you know nothing about how to set a vibe, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> not only did they build the cell blocks, these prisoners, they also used them to build and modify the prison as capacity was constantly being reached. What this meant was, what was meant to originally hold 300 prisoners was by the 1920s forced to house 2000. Oh. More and more cells were constructed, including ones built below ground without windows, light, or plumbing. So what started out state of the art reverted. Oh, quickly. Very quickly. In 1911, uh, cell block 12 was completed, wedged between blocks 6 and 7, and is drastically different from the blocks that preceded it. Built of light-colored reinforced concrete, the block consists of three floors with 40 cells each. There are no arched ceilings, and instead of skylights, each cell had a narrow window. By 1913, Eastern State Penitentiary officially abandoned the solitary system and operated as a congregate prison until its close until its closure in 1970. Um, in 1971, there was like a uh, riot in, in Philly, and they temporarily housed some inmates there, but it officially closed in 1970. Guards of the penitentiary were said to have come up with a variety of torturous, torturous regimens to punish inmates for the slightest infraction. It was said that prisoners would often be soaked in freezing water and left in the open during the winter months. Prisoners would also be strapped in a chair with restraints and starved for days. As we were walking through Eastern State, we every cell block, there was one that looked like a barber chair. And I was like... In my knowledge, I know that a lot of prisons do have a barber shop. Although it was, to me, weird that they had one. Because it's more of a social thing. Just about. So for a solitary confinement kind of prison to have one. And then one on each block. That was kind of weird. And there's a skylight right above it. And, and of course, I'll post pictures on socials for you guys to see how fucking creepy this is. Yeah. But we would walk up to these... Um, cells and be like the fuck like i get it's a barber's room but why does this make me feel so unsettled they weren't barber chairs they were called mad chairs mm -hmm. and they would put the inmates in there strap them down tightly five point restraint mm -hmm, and then leave them in there for days without food without water which i mean they do have restraint chairs like you know today but they don't do it like that you know they don't fucking shut them up in a room for weeks at a time <laughs> Not for weeks. No. There's mandates now. There's laws. They do have tables inside cells that they still use five-point leather restraints on when they're... Losing their shit. Really. Becoming a harm to themselves. Wild. Mm-hmm. And those are creepy. And they're not supposed to be in them for days, but... You know. They Sometimes things happen when uh, heads are turned. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In July 1923, inmate Leo Callahan and five accomplices armed with pistols successfully scaled the eastern wall after holding up a goop, a goop, a group of unarmed guards. 
I just was thinking of what's her name who owns Goop? Who named her kid Apple? Gwyneth Paltrow mm. <laughs> dresses a guard like, don't get me, guys. <laughs> smell my vagina, smell a scented candle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Callahan is the only one who ha- was never recaptured. And I think he's literally the only person that ever escaped and made it. Made it. Into the wind. All of Callahan's accomplices were apprehended, including one that made it as far as Honolulu. Oh. In 1924, inmates started eating in dining halls. The night tours, the twilight tours, they don't open all of the prison. So we didn't get to see the hospital wing, which probably is haunted as shit. For sure. But it was, it's super dangerous. I mean, everything is in an active state of decay and crumbling and stuff like that. Especially these areas that were built by inmates. And this is one of those areas. And we happened to talk to one of the tour guides about... He was like, you guys busy? Do you, are you leaving anytime soon? We're like, no. He's like, well, I will take you guys on a personally guided tour, and it's free. And we're going to show you how the ki- where the kitchens and dining halls are like, fucking sign me up, brother. Hold on. Just you and Jimmy or other people, too? Other people, too. How many other people? I think there was like eight of us total. Okay, because, you know, I'm feeling like when he's like, hey... You guys doing anything later? Anybody expecting you? No? Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, shit. On a See, this is why tour. Jen's going to die because I do that <laughs> stuff. I'd be like, don't worry. It's free. Fucking free. After it gets dark, just the eight of you. And why? Jennifer is like, the fucking van just pulled up and offered her candy and she got inside. <laughs> I'm like, if it's free, it's for me. I fucking own down. When he said, are you doing anything after this? Got anywhere to be? Red flags were all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> but you're still here. So. Don't worry. <laughs> You made it, but whatever. <laughs> Wait, Jen, come on now. <sighs> you worry me. You worry me. <laughs> and so, especially when you threw your hand up, and he's like, "No, no, it's free. It's great. Oh, it's not so worry. Come with me. I'll take you to the private unauthorized areas. No one's allowed to go." Well, you know what makes it even more fucked up? He's like, <sighs> "Okay, so Christ. we're gonna. I have to unlock us to get us in there, and he gets oh, us all in course. there. Oh, of course, it just keeps getting better, Jen. And Red flags all over the place. And then he locks us up in, oh, so yeah. nobody mm-hmm. can wander. Mm-hmm. So in proud of you." so proud of you <laughs> you know uh, how piccadilly is no the restaurant no i've never been so it's a cafeteria style so like imagine when you're in school you get a tray you say i want this and they give you that that's a kind of piccadilly style that's what they did with the kitchen they changed the kitchen from like normal where they'd put them on trays and send them out and and they had like and it was so sad like they had great meals but by the time it got on the tray and out to that wing and to that last inmate, that shit was stone fucking cold. <laughs> yeah. 100%. That's how it is in the jails and prisons now. So, like, they were eating cold as shit. Yeah. You know? Now they had these dining halls that they could all, like, hang out and congregate in. There are pictures of these halls where, like, there's Christmas decorations. Like, very minute ones, but still Nonetheless. There. That shit is crumbling as a motherfucker, though. And it is creepy as shit. It was rain in like seattle when we went to philadelphia so it had been raining for a couple days everything was underwater like (laughs) it was so like very dangerous very dangerous not to mention that guy who took you on a self-free tour and locked you in afterwards right so not uh, to mention the danger involved there (laughs) oh dang i forgot to tell you this part this This is the music written by that inmate oh that was very unsuccessful hold on Okay, one of the things that they gave us on that little old kitchen tour, well, they didn't give it to us. Uh, they He had like a big like 
laminated menu from that time. So I was going to read you guys um, some of the meals. Let's see. It's a little foggy, so it's hard to read. So for Thursday morning, they had grilled mixed stewed fruits, French toast, two slices, syrup, bread, coffee, milk, and sugar. Um, for lunch on Saturday, they would have beef broth stew with vegetables, two hot rolls, vegetables and French a salad with French dressing, bread, coffee, and milk. That night, um, they would have tomato soup, oyster crackers, applesauce, bread, tea, milk, and sugar and all that stuff to go with it. They fed these motherfuckers like good around the cup, but like when you have somebody full, they ain't gonna be wanting to run and fight. You exactly. Sluggish. Here you go. See so you can take an exam. <laughs> Just, so, so I can take an exam? So you can examine it. Oh, I was like, is there a test after? (laughs) (laughs) Let me get my Scantron out. (laughs) (laughs) Left it at home. Oops. Sorry, you can't test today. (laughs) (laughs) They had a industrial oven and they would actually trade things with other prisons. They were the bread making prison. (laughs) There was a sister prison like a couple miles away. They had farms and they would grow vegetables and supply the vegetables. So it was like a way that they could be self-reliant. Who knew forced labor? Wouldn't be quality, though. And uh, as time went on, most of the kitchen has actually become dilapidated. Oh, yeah. They had fried potato cakes. Right? Peas and carrots. I mean, and every meal, like milk, tea, coffee, (laughs) sugar. (laughs) And it was all like, you know, back in those days, that was like the real shit. Like Mm -hmm. somebody went out, they probably got some Amish-ass butter. (laughs) Probably. In 1926, construction began on a cell block 14, Eastern State's second three-story cell block. Any space between the blocks is now nearly gone. The penitentiary, intended to hold 250 inmates, now holds 1,700. Now 1,700. Sorry, I'm really enthralled with the menu. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have given it to you. (laughs) Baked macaroni al gratin, that sounds really good. With bread pudding, with custard sauce. Bruh, can I go eat in here? That sounds Three de- fucking full-ass meals a day. I would be so fucking fat when I left that prison. Oh, my God, yeah. I wouldn't run either. I'd be like, no, I'm good, bro. Y'all <laughs> go ahead. I'm going to stay here and hold the fort down. Yeah. Oh, be homeless on the streets or have these three three hots in a cot. I'll take the three hots. And there's a lot of people that are still like that to this day. <laughs> so in 1929, Al Capone arrives at Eastern State Penitentiary for an eight-month stay. An article in the Philadelphia Public Ledger, August 20th, 1929, describes Capone's cell. The whole room was suffice, suffused in the glow of a desk lamp, which stood on a polished desk. On the one scrim walls of the penal chamber hung tasteful planings, and the strains of a waltz were being emitted by a powerful cabinet radio receiver of handsome design and five finish. <laughs> the cell is now actually replicate to what the believe there's no pictures of his cell there are some written things and they're actually not even sure if that is the cell in particular um that capone stayed in but they did like a it's with the greatest odds that it was probably this one by determining the paint layers 
And so there was like some unique paint layers oh, okay. around that time, which wouldn't have normally have been in a cell block. So it made sense that it might have been Capone's. Al Scarface Capone was arrested outside a Philadelphia movie theater in May 1929 for carrying a concealed, unlicensed 38 caliber revolver and handed a one-year sentence. And as we remember, old Pone had the SIF, but this was at the height of his crime, before the downfall of his health. This was the same year as the St. Valentine's massacre. There's not, like, for sure been, like, a ghost experience for Capone. There was many nights that he would wake up screaming from a nightmare, going like, Jimmy, don't get me. Jimmy, don't get me. This Jimmy was actually believed to have been the spirit of Jimmy Clark, one of the men killed by Capone's execution orders in the St. Valentine's Massacre. Massacre. (laughs) Even after Capone was released at Eastern State Penitentiary, the entity continued to torment Capone. Out of desperation, Capone even hired a medium, but that didn't seem to work. He eventually was released two months early, and then... Early than his sentence dictated for good behavior. Hmm. Such a good boy. Why do I feel like we've covered this before? We've talked about Capone before, but we've never like went in. Like we haven't talked about like as the subject of a podcast, but he's been in like we talked about uh, syphilicide. Remember? Yeah. Did we talk about East State Penitentiary in Gettysburg? Yeah, I think we did a little bit. I remember talking about Capone and being in prison too. And him when he really lost his mind there and the inmates stopped messing with it because they were like, we're not going to get anything. Oh, yeah, that's when he was at Alcatraz. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's why, because this is so similar to Alcatraz. Okay, okay. I'm like, am I over here losing my mind? Am I a psychic? Because I feel like we have done all this before. (laughs) This is why, because this is so similar to Alcatraz and you did Alcatraz. No, we were talking about Alcatraz for some reason. Okay, I'm really fucking wrong. I really honestly think that was all having to do with um, List. And uh, syphilis, yeah. I, and we were talking about... I'm going to figure it out. We'll figure it out. By the 1930s, the prison were, was sorely outdated. Its heating and plumbing systems were outdated. The cor- corridors and outdoor spaces were never intended to handle the huge crowds of the prisoners that filled them. The aging prison became increasingly hard to manage, expensive to maintain, and dangerous. Yeah. I mean... I, and of course, you have all these. Just that like, menu alone is hard to maintain the cost. Fuck yeah, right? Also, if I like, cooked that for my family for a week, that grocery bill would be ridiculous. So when you are in the um, cell blocks that have two stories, some of them have like a netting on that because it was open up to that second story. Well, they put like a mesh there and they would take the meal cart and just roll it down the center of the thing. There was like a it was made to do that. But these inmates would reach their hands and push in, push the guards off, and they would fall to their death. So they had to put Ooh. that mesh plating in in place, where like it still let the light through. But if somebody got pushed down, they would fall on that and not die. I'm like, how many died before they decided to do that? Like, oh my god, this is becoming <laughs> a fucking problem. Jesus Christ. In 1933 and 1934, there were riots concerning insufficient facilities, overcrowding, and low wages. The most famous escape of Eastern State Penitentiary was the work of 12 men in 1945. The most infamous among them was Willie Sutton, a.k.a. Slick Willie, a.k.a. Willie the Actor, a.k.a. The Gentleman Bandit, a.k.a. The Babe Ruth of Bank Robbers, who was sentenced to I want a bunch of AKAs. I know. I need it. I need it. (laughs) He was sentenced to Eastern State 
1934 for a brazen gun machine gun robbery of the corn exchange corn exchange now the corn exchange bank <laughs> what it was in philadelphia but i felt like it should have been in iowa <laughs> clearly he had already ex- tried to escape five times before this i love his perseverance right never give up never keep on keeping on you know what i'm saying the escape was planned and largely executed by Clarence Kleine Clendenst, a plasterer, stonemason, burglar, and forger who had a reputation as a prison scavenger. They worked in two-man teams of 30-minute shifts, the tunneling crew, using spoons and flattened cans as shovels and picks, and they slowly dug a 31-inch opening through the wall of, a cell, of cell 68, then dug 12 feet straight down into the ground, Another 100 feet out beyond the walls of the prison. Hmm. With fucking spoons, y'all. Grit. The tunnel was shored up with scaffolding, illuminated, and even ventilated. At the halfway point, it linked up with the prison sewer system, and the crew created an operable connection between the two pipelines to deposit their waste while ensuring that noxious, noxious fumes were kept out of the tunnel. That's ingenuity. It is. That is finest. The tunnel escaped inspection several times thanks to a false panel Kleine uh, treated to, he created to match the plaster walls of the cell and concealed that that panel by putting up like a little wastebasket in front of it. <laughs> That's all it took to fool him? Yeah. I ain't gonna say this. Giant hole in the wall. I got it. I got it. I got it. Put that tiny garbage can in front of it. Don't ever know. <laughs> so in the morning of April 3rd, 1945, they escaped via cell 68 on their way to breakfast. To the escapees, including Sutton, they were returned to Eastern State mere minutes after being after their freedom. Uh, Kleine made it a whole three hours before getting caught. And by the end of the day, half the escapees was returned to the prison while the rest were caught within a couple months. And it's funny because you can see a picture of him. And he's like coming out of the hole right outside the prison wall. <laughs> and they're sitting there like, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. not today, not today. And the it's cool because like pop his head up like a bunny out of a hole. Right. You can go into cell sixty eight now, and they have it where it's like they put con- they put cement in the hole, but they still have it kind of dug out a little bit. They did go back in the eighties, and I think the early aughts, and did like ground penetrating you know sonar and they could see all the structures and stuff so they learned a lot about how they did it because it wasn't until recently that they knew how they did it they were put in the klondikes illegal completely dark solitary confinement cells secretly built by the guards in the mechanical space below one of the cell blocks the spaces are miserable tiny holes that aren't big enough to stand up or wide enough to lie down in that same year that all this happened, um, Pennsylvania legislator recommended abandoning Eastern State Penitentiary. During the renovations in the 1930s, an additional 30 incomplete inmate dug tunnels were discovered. <laughs> Them bitches was digging in every cell. They was trying, son. In 1958, the city of Philadelphia certifies it as a historic property. And then in 1961, the cell blocks are desegregated. That same year, inmate John Klausenberg tricks a guard into opening the cell of another inmate. And with the cells open, the inmates overpower the guard and begin the largest riot in the prison's history. Hmm. Several hours later, a large force of police guards and state troopers reclaim the prison. The riot fuels discussions to close Eastern State. In 1965, they designated as a National Historic Landmark. And by 1970, it closes. 
More than 100 inmates escaped from Eastern State during its 142 years of active use. And over the course of its history, it housed over 75,000 inmates who had committed crimes from burglary and bank robbery to murders and rape. While the prison was operating, they maintained a death ledger. This book kept track of deaths that occurred within the walls as well as the causes behind it. Over a thousand entries were written into the death ledger. Damn. With commonly stated cause of death being suicide by hanging and illnesses such as tuberculosis, two guards and several inmates were murdered behind the wall and at least 50 prisoners committed suicide and hundreds of others died from disease and old age. Hmm. So thousands of souls. Roaming the halls. On top of the 75,000 who just came through the doors. Yeah. During the 18th and 19th century, masturbation was actually listed on the death ledger as a cause of death for several inmates. This includes inmate 3477, who was 18, and inmate 4033, who was 27. The, The usual cause of death was prompted by the unfounded belief that masturbation could lead to certain illnesses and even death. Of the 18 cases of insanity listed in the penitentiary's 1838 report, two-thirds of it were thought to have been caused by excessive masturbation. (laughs) (laughs) Same crazy. Um, Okay. From 1971 to 1991, it was closed. There was nothing being done with it. It was falling into decay and ruin. But in 1991, stabilization and preservation efforts began. In 1994... It was open for historic tours on daily basis. And at that time, they had to wear, people had to wear hard hats inside <laughs> liability <laughs> raters. Like, if you come in here and you die, it ain't on us. It ain't on us. You, you did it. You willing. You chose this. More than 10,000 people visited in the first year. And by 2008, it was open seven days a week, 12 months a year for tours and no longer required signed liability waivers. ESP, which is, the initials for it, which I don't know why I didn't use that the entire fucking episode, is now preserved ruin, with some renovations having been done, such as the revived synagogue from the 1920s, which is really cool to see. The rest is is to remain as it's seen today, with just enough help to keep it from devolving completely. They have an annual haunted tour, and in the summer they have the twilight tours, and a ton of things were actually filmed there. It was even the inspiration for Steve Buscemi's Animal Factory, he is the one who does the, well, not all of it, but a good part of the audio tour was Steve Buscemi, which is like kind of neat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it inspired the video game The Suffering. Um, Twelve Monkeys Return to Paradise and Transformers Revenge of the Falling was filmed there. And Tana Turner herself filmed her 1985 music video there, One for the Living. Hmm. Now, it's no wonder with all the discord and death within these walls that some spirits may have not completed their sentences even in the hereafter. One of the first stories told of ghostly activity was by famed Chicago gangster Al Capone, and that was the Jimmy. Many people have reported that cell block 12 is a high area of paranormal activity where cackling and whispers are heard and the apparition of a prisoner is seen. On episode 5, season 1 of Ghost Hunters, the crew have caught... Uh, have caught on camera an apparition apparently moving across cell block two. And in cell block six, shadowy figures are often seen sliding among the walls and the sound of whispers, screams, and laughter have been heard. 
So no, we no, have no. one from um, Cell Block 6 that is a potential EVP. Eee! Roll it, Jimmy. Is anyone in here? Is that a person or just something y'all picked up? I think it's something he just picked up. He thinks it's something else. He's like, I don't remember there being. I'm like, sir. Was there anybody in there when y'all were doing it? I would have to say a shockingly low amount of people. We did not run into people very often. At mm. the beginning of the tour. I don't know. Tour, I'm with Jimmy on this one. Yeah. The beginning of the tour, because they have you keep going in the same direction as everybody, but everybody ends up kind of splitting off once you get into the main hub of the wheel and you don't necessarily have to follow. You can just pick the numbers on the audio tour. And that's where we all splintered off. And there was often times that we'd be the only one in that cell block. And I think this was one of the ones that we were probably alone, but I'm not sure. On cell block four, many have seen ghostly anguished faces and hear loud whispers. One of the most legendary tales come from Gary Johnson, who helps maintain the crumbling old lock set at the prison. In the early 1990s, he had just opened an old lock in cell block four when he said a force gripped him so tightly that he was unable to move. He described a negative, horrible energy that exploded out of the cell. He said tormented faces appeared on the cell walls and that one form in particular beckoned to him. Here's a whispering EVP, possibly. That like heavy breathing? Oh, yeah, that's. I thought it was Jimmy just. I thought it was it. Jimmy too. <laughs> You guys tell us. I don't know. Uh, guests claim to have a glimpse of a man standing in a guard tower on the property. However, there's no way to physically get to the top of that tower today. The brick stairs crumbled away years ago. The catwalk is in an area where many paranormal events have also occurred. The catwalk is where they would push them off sometimes. Here, a shadow figure was caught on video, and people have felt extreme temperature fluctuations. Here's a, cat, a piece of audio from the catwalk. We are going up the stairs in cell block seven. So where this is at, uh, people were close by. So those are definitely people. <laughs> This is one of the few areas that you can actually walk up to a catwalk. That's me being afraid oh. of shit. <laughs> I was scared shitless because it was like, it's this wide, man. And I'm scared of heights. So oh, I was like, yeah. I need to make it up and just loop around. And I made it up and they came right on fucking down. And then Jimmy's coming to touch me. I'm like, don't touch me. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, cut it. Many have reported being watched and hearing cries at the institution's infirmary. infirmary. Other employees and tourists hear whispering, giggling, and even weeping while exploring the property. When they investigate where the noises come from, they'll never find the source. Here's some miscellaneous weird noises. This is the last clip before the end of the episode. The old knees are... <laughs> 
There's a woman in the background, but I'm sure she's from the, the spoke. Oh, the knocking? Hold on one second. Oh. Mm. Creepy. I don't think we've been down here. You haven't been down these. Is that y'all's loud ass footsteps or somebody else? Ours. Okay. It's all like slate and stone. You can hear the sirens downtown. <laughs> Where are you hearing EVPs on any of these, Jimmy? I can't hear anything other than the police siren is distracting to me. Yeah. Do the ha-ha. Play it again. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I heard it that time. Six, one, two, three, go. The what? No hallway. <gasps> oh, that's Jimmy breathing. Do you hear that whispering sound? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It sounds like someone's whispering. There was nobody around us. And when we walked to the end of this hallway... Oh, you can fucking hear somebody whispering, bro. We did not whisper. Oh, that gives me chills. All right, Jimmy, cut it. Y'all couldn't hear it when you were there, the whispering? So when we walked into it, it was really dark because this was getting close to the end and you walked into the end because you could walk in at both sides, in the middle of the spoke or at the end of the spoke. And so we were at the end of that spoke. And this is one of the cell blocks that you cannot walk down. And there's pictures of it. It's dark. There's a little bit of moonlight coming through. And as soon as we walked to that area, both of us were like, don't like this at all. Mm. I don't like any of this. There was nobody near us. Everybody had split off. A lot of people had already left at that point because it was getting late. I do not remember hearing any whisper. Uh uh. Nope. Mm -mm. And it was funny because like, oh no, no, no. They no, placed no. the ghost of of Eastern State. I'm like, this is where they are for show. Sure. Oh, that was fucking creepy. And then the whispering. Uh uh. Mm -mm, nope. I almost want to leave your room right now. <laughs> mm. So the apparition of a mysterious woman was also spotted so often that. It Employees named her the Soap Lady, not to be confused with the Soap Lady apparition that apparently is at the Mutter Muter Mutter Muter Muter Museum in Philadelphia. She sits in the last cell on the second floor wearing white. The second floor held the women's cell block when the prison was still optional. And these are the ghosts that I know of. And that's everything that we experience. Now, here comes the fun part. Our friend Alicia. Mm -hmm. Our sister from another mister. She has a beautiful house that she had built, right? Yes. But that shit is haunted as 
fuck. Yes. So we're going to have an episode that we're going to record at Alicia's house and try to catch some ghosts. And I was like, man. FYI, we forgot to put that on the calendar. Yeah, we need to put that on the calendar for sure. For sure. So I was trying to think of like things that we'll probably need. So I have some things for us to, I'm going to show you. Hold on. So one of them hasn't Shut come up. yet. Is it going to be like Ghostbuster shit? Because I'm super excited. First off, we have uh, water from the Sacred River Jordan. Fuck yes. Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, that's actually an <laughs> antique. And then like on the inside, it says not for human consumption, but it's apparently the, the water that can I open Jesus. It? Yeah, you can open it. That Jesus was um, uh, baptized in. Okay, first of all, thanks, Joel. Osteen, Osteen. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those late night things where it's like, are oh, you in financial strain for $5? You can get this little thing of holy water and it'll make everything work. You fucking know. You know. This is awesome. So I already had um, prayer beads, but I got us an extra set. <laughs> a, um, what is that, a rosary? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's coming is, remember me uh, talking about the eggshells? Do you think this will burn in my hand? <laughs> it didn't burn. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know the eggshell thing I was telling you about? No. When we were on a ghost tour in Key West, they yes, were yes, like, yes. at the end, you put it on your temples and stuff. So, I ordered some of that. That's on its way. Um, <laughs> Excellent. And, of course, this. There's like some freaky feathers up in this bitch. And this shit. Ooh, sage. Exactly. And it comes with an abalone shell. <laughs> oh my God, this is so cool. So we could take the feather and do What's the, the crystal? What's the purple crystal do? For safety. Excellent. What's the humping people do? Oh, that's to hold the abalone shell. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh my God. This is so fucking cool. So you put the sage in the shell. Is this like, you, is this like, um, that's uh, selen sel selenite. Selenite. Uh -huh. Does it attract? Uh, that's clearing or something like that. But you put the the Can thing in this. The yeah, you definitely. And then you take your feather and waft it. Okay, this is our shell to put the in the thing. Uh huh. And then you use the feather <laughs> to waft it to clear an area. Is this to get the spirits gone? Yes. So okay. We'll Before we get them gone, can we bring them to us? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring. All the What's Ouija the wood boards. I board? uh, don't remember that one. I think it was like a type of wood that was also protective. This is like the real sage you see in the movies. It's all twined Right? And there they... was two different kinds. One's like for purity or something. One's a clearing. And I don't know. Just me... fancy. It is. Etsy, y'all. I'll Love link the shops. It. Uh, I'll link the shops that I got these from because it was just really fucking cool. And of course, I'll, I'll put pictures on the socials. I've got all our Ouija boards. And so I was going to bring the Ouija boards. We can do some ouija in. Yeah. I want to talk to the spirits first. See what's happening. See what's going on. And then we can bless the shit out of ourselves. And then be like, all right, y'all can bounce now. We're done. <laughs> we're done. Okay, we're good. Sage. 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 <laughs> Get your prayer beads. <laughs> Crystals. <laughs> what was it the thing that you said about the, the beads, Jimmy? Oh, holy anal beads. <laughs> I'll let um, Alicia put those... Um, and her anus and hold on to those for safekeeping. 
<laughs> Alicia, clinch it tight. Clinch it. But uh, if I've the been... beach dropped, that means she got the shit scared of her and it's time to roll. One night I was drinking wine and I was thinking about this and I was like, you Any know, story where you're talking about anal beads and then it leads into it. One night I was drinking <laughs> wine. I feel like we can stop now, Jim. I don't need to know anymore. <laughs> Jimmy's like, keep going, keep going, keep rolling. <laughs> um, so. I was drinking wine and I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, we're going to have to bring the, the Ouija boards. But like when we're done, we got to protect ourselves. So then I was like ordering all this shit off Etsy. <laughs> I was trying to just order holy water. And I'll probably try to, to run over to the Catholic church down the street and see if they'll just give me some. Because apparently that shit is expensive as fuck to try to order off of there. And I'm oh. not even sure if it's legit. So I got the water from the River Jordan, which I'm not sure if it's legit either. But I was like... It's $12. I can't yeah. not buy it. <laughs> right? I mean. What if it does work? The box looks legit. The bottle looks legit. The cross on top looks legit. Also, I figured we'd take the prayer rug with us. That's a Muslim prayer rug behind you that Jimmy brought um, uh-huh. from overseas. So, like, definitely going to bring that and all our holy shit. So, all the religions, spiritualities. So, I feel like I need to purchase um, an item or two to go along with the Ouija board to beckon the spirits. Yeah, so we've got the voice recorder for EVPs. We need um, what's that one that monitors the electricity in there? We need one of those. Okay. I don't know. But like I was getting into it and I was like I need to put the fucking phone down. Because they were <laughs> like, no, I was way. getting into like, because uh, I was trying to find a pendulum because those are also ways to mm-hmm. Of divination for ghosts or whatever but then they like started having wands and shit with like the chakras and i was this close to buying them and i was like jennifer stop your shit right now finish what you're doing do not buy any wands (laughs) 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 but i was close man so good it was so cute though it was like rocks and shit (laughs) you know they got that store down in galveston too oh that's the witchery we We need to go to the witchery yes let's go next week (sighs) I'm down a thousand and ten percent. No, Jimmy, you can't come. Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like every time we plan on doing something, Jimmy, I will, we're going to go to the Crescent Hotel. Oh, can I come? No, Mm-mm. no, sorry, it's us only. Sorry, <laughs> we'll bring <laughs> only your picture. the talent. We'll bring your picture and put it up, so it's like you're there. <laughs> you just get really close, put your hands in. We'll oh, take I'm selfies there. with it. Put them on a stick. <laughs> oh my god, I'm going to fucking do that now. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Jimmy, stop saying you didn't go. You're right there in the pictures. <laughs> so my cascula, or I don't remember how to pronounce it, um, the egg shells that have been crushed up into fine powder, that's on its way. I think that one's a Loving it. Caribbean culture kind of thing. I don't but know. We don't even really got to beckon the spirits because they're already there. Well, it's, it's not that. It's like, I want to be able to walk away, and I don't care what kind of juju I got to throw down. Let me throw a Star David in here as a, like a ninja star, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Not today, ghosts! <laughs> well, you know, I don't live there, so I don't really care. Just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. My family does. <laughs> but like, you guys, I can't wait for this one. Uh, we'll go more into detail, but w- the most recent thing was one of the girls came downstairs and let them know that there was somebody knocking at their window on the second story. And Emma's actually had the interaction and spoke to him. And she was so little that it wasn't like a made up like. I mean, she's still so little. Yeah. She's just always going to be little. And we'll share that story when we do the episode. Well, 
So we're we're spooky ready. We're we're continuing so our ready. ghost hunting career. Yes. Taking this shit on the road. <laughs> so until next time. Stay safe. Keep your head on a swivel. And don't bring it too close to home. Unless, unless you're going prison, ghost hunting. Unless your prison's home. Yeah. <laughs> or your ghost hunting at your brother's house. In that case, don't drop the soap. No. That's not even a theoretical thing. Not even. <laughs> not a play on words, not a pun, nothing. Keep it tight. It's truth. <laughs> Keep it tight. Keep it right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode of Too Close to Home, don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on most platforms. Follow us on our social media at Too Close Home Pod on Facebook, at Too Close Podcast on Instagram, or if you have your own Too Close to Home experience, shoot us your story at Too Close to Home at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>